for those of you who uh, are overlapping the case of the last uh, session, uh, I'm going to do a brief review. For those of you who are brand new uh, for this session, um, I asked Diana what she got about my brain is live. Um, this will be the second round for some of you. I promise I won't wear it tomorrow night. Uh, but this is the title that's given to me this year. And uh, it says Father's Day 2007. And if you look at it really closely, it says distribution center. So it's a temple talk. And it's very much family-centered. So what my, my daughters did is they cordoned off the tie. They made some just little, you know, slight lines. And then they gave each of the existing grandchildren at the time three squares. And it's pretty revealing, like, this is the anti-U grandchild. By the way, he ended up graduating from the U. <laughs> so he had to eat his words. Then we, of course, have BYU represented. But this is a tie that I own, I normally wear just once a year. It's on a Sunday, and it's on Father's Day. And um, it's, a, it's a tie I really like. And I know it's not, you know, it's, it's lip-wise a little bit bigger, but it was a really fun tie. And a number of people who were in the last session said, I'm going to do that. And one of the things we tried to do is, I want to make sure that you know up front that it would be highly offensive to me, and I want to be very direct about that, if after you leave tonight, you feel guilty or you feel less than good about yourself. What you'll experience in here is hopefully a set of springboards to ideas and processes and practices that you say, oh, we can do that in our family. Let's give that a try. It's not a contrast kind of lecture. This is what he does. This is what we do. No. This is an opportunity for you to get some really, hopefully, fresh and crisp ideas that you can maybe even improve upon for making better. Okay, so this one is the second uh, presentation, and of course, it, it has to do with needs. So let's jump right into it. So here's our quick review. What is the heart of grandparenting on purpose? And if you were here, during the last session, and you feel pretty brave, raise your hand. Okay, good, I'm glad you're in the front row. You look so familiar to me, right? What is grandparenting on purpose all about? Being a better grandparent. What's at the heart? Listening. Ideas. Oh, we've got this woman right here, and she's so, she's waving her hand. Making a difference in the lives of your grandchildren. Okay, awesome. <coughs> so all of those things, listening, making a difference, allow you to establish a positive and enduring and helpful relationship for your grandkids. So do you want to be a difference maker for your grandchildren? Here's part of our review. What do we know about difference makers? Here's what they do. 
many of you have seen this slide if you're here in our past? Here's what they do. They know how to nurture relationships. They know their grandchildren's names. They know what they like. They know what they're struggling with. They know what their passions are. They know what they like to do. And when you know those things, then you're able to respond in ways that are supportive of their growing and becoming a wonderful person, a wonderful boy, a wonderful man. So, just think about these statements. Now this last one, sometimes we like to encourage only those kids who win. And um, we know they're not always going to win. And what we want to focus on is things that give rise to really powerful, sustaining behaviors. And this one says made a big difference in the game. Doesn't say whether they won or not, but it says thanks for working so hard. That's at the core of being successful. In the last session, I said effort trumps most everything: talent, intellect. And kids who have a growth mentality, they really do well. There's a school, by the way, uh, and this Carol Dweck, I mentioned her before, she's a very famous professor at Stanford said, there's a school, and they don't give Fs anymore. They give a grade and why? Not yet. So you want to have a not yet orientation with your kids, that they haven't gone there, but they are going to get there. See this one? This, that's what that's all about. If you have a kid, a grandchild, or a child, and they have this kind of thing where they persist, and they know the persistence works, they're going to be unbelievably successful. Okay, I, I told the story about my granddaughter who plays the guitar, and in her first, I don't know, eight to 12 recitals, she could not make it through without crying. She never finished reading a performance until recently. And in the last four or five years, oh my goodness, she's confident, she loves what she does. She's just an Okay, they know how to listen well. There are three things that you do if you're a good listener. They're pretty straightforward. all those make sense? Yes. We just trying to see if you're capturing what it is that you're sensing or feeling. And they will let you know, believe me, oh, you got it. That's right. I just wish my boss, or I wish this would happen. The last one? Okay. The screen before. <laughs> if we go back, we might be, we might be in the stall mode. I think we need uh, forward. Go for yeah. that one. Yeah. This is one of those times when i got to walk the talk. We've got to be responsive to your needs, but not too much. But <laughs> 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 we're going to get through. Okay, so in order to be, or respond in these ways, whoops. Now, I love this one, too. 
They know how to provide valuable feedback that isn't problematic for the receiver of the feedback. And if you have a good relationship with somebody, it's amazing what you can tell them. <laughs> the absence of that will be ignored. If you want to be taken seriously with kids who are maybe <laughs> doing some weird things or whatever, it's hard to be helpful to them and give them kind of a critical review unless you have a relationship. Wanted somebody to get a job and finally got it. You want to turn around and say, I, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that you have a job and you're going to be earning some money and you're going to decide how you use it and what you use it for. Every boy likes to be taller, <laughs> every girl likes to be cuter. I use a term called C squared. C squared is like saying, you know, you are totally C squared. What is that? I said, you're comprehensively cute. <laughs> okay, I love this picture too. You talk about guitar, ukulele, clarinets, soccer, any emerging skill, you want to know how to nurture that. So if you go to a soccer game or something and you notice that somebody was an enormously good sport, or they're doing better, or you can tell they gave 100% the whole game. You don't need to focus on whether they won or lost. You need to focus on what did they do and what did they do well. I'll just tell you a crazy story. This is sort of a spontaneous thing. I had the great privilege of working with a lot of college age and junior high and high school kids. There's a thing called beanbag squatter. You play it in the gym, and you set up four kind of like bowling ball pins or Indian clubs, four at one end, four at the other, you have a little line that comes down the middle, and you have like 200 bean bags. And what your job is, is you run up the line and you try to knock down these, you know, pegs or these bowling <coughs> pins. And, and you have sentinels that are standing in front of them, okay? And, of course, they hit below the knee, they're out. This kid who was playing this game, I went up and I said, where did you want to do that? He's just amazing. How do you do it? I've never really seen anybody do this, and you've never had any practice. And then here's, here's the interesting thing. About 10 minutes passed, and then he said, and again, what did you say 10 minutes ago about that? Louder. He was fishing. He, no, no. Um, he wanted to hear again how impressed I was. Most kids can't get enough affirmation. So as a grandparent, you want to be affirmers. You want to help them understand, wow. Like, if, if they worked with you and they did something where they persisted longer than 20 minutes, you want to say, oh, thank you. I mean, you were part of it. I've ever seen you work before. And you worked longer. You want to focus on what you're doing well. See how we're focusing on effort and persistence, not whether you want or lose or you like this fantastic. I think we have one arc, isn't that? 
paint selection, shading and perspective, nice and specific, and how skilled you are in how your practice is really paid good dividends. We talked about maintaining the interest over time. I talked earlier about a grandchild. Oh, he just breaks my heart. And I know he loves me and I love him, but he missed two years of school. Uh, he didn't graduate with his graduating class. And he, he, he's just such a cool kid in so many ways. But we're going to hang in there. We're going to stay with him. Wait, 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 go back. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm too <laughs> fast. Yeah, you are so fast. <laughs> Again, um, a lot of grandparents, <laughs> when I go to games now, I think most of the people there are either parents or grandparents. We talk about you have your lawn chairs, you have your, you know, you have your water. It's kind of like a Saturday ritual. And some of you have so many grandkids that that's all you do on Saturday. My son of yours is awesome. But kids need us to be there. It's always about saying, I mean, it's one of my favorite statements. I see this kid that I don't know, his grandparents out there. Hey, I want your autograph. No, no, they just go, that's something they want to hear. So this is Libby, she's 14. She's now a senior this year. She is a handful too, oh my goodness. You hear what she's saying? Needs, wants, passions. Okay, so every family is unique. Um, we have grandchildren with disabilities. We have grandchildren with mental health issues. We have uh, grandchildren that have gender issues. So they're all unique. tender topic. It doesn't take too long before you're in a family long enough where you're going to encounter some and not all of these things. And love counts. Concern counts. Understanding counts. Um, I have a very dear friend and discovered post-mission that they had a son who, um, you know, had some attractions that, you know, aren't all that comfortable for a lot of parents. And this is what they said, this, I love this thing. You came to the right family. You came to the right family. And it takes a lot of courage. And sometimes there are things we have to figure out. One of the things we do know is there are a lot of advocacy groups. So if you have kids with maybe diabetes, or you have kids with spina bifida, or you you have any disability or any health issue, there are people who help parents and grandparents to kind of know what you do and how you can play a supportive role. Okay, so here's my son Dan and his wife Kristen, and they have adopted five children from Haiti. Uh, Esther in the middle on the top uh, came when she was 15. The sisters below her came when she was 13, and Davidson came on the bottom left. He was in kindergarten. And Gabe and Pam and Dwight came at nine months. So they were just little boys. And oh, I love these kids so much, and I, I think they love me. Um, and Davidson, well, you'll hear a story about him later. We highlight him because he is nuts. And I mean that in a good way. Like, for instance, uh, if you see somebody dancing on TV, like 
Bell person dances really well. He can do it. He sees something and it just is recorded. Or if you're playing uh, tennis and you do a forehand and backhand, he sees it once or twice and he can execute it. It's just, it's just amazing. Anyway, you'll hear about a trip we took out loud. His family was that I took him. And he, they didn't have to ride with him for four hours. <laughs> uh, so this is a belief, and I hope you share this, that at the heart of being a purposeful and loving grandparent is to respond to needs. And when we do that well, we develop relationships with our grandchildren that allow us to have a positive influence over them, or over them, over time. So when the tough things begin to happen, they know that you've made some deposits, and they're much more likely to listen to you, and they're much more likely to ask you for advice. Okay, so here are the principles. Now, obviously, we use two, two terms. We have what we call positive enabling, which is helping kids learn to do good and great things, and we have negative enabling, where we support them in doing dumb things. I love the idea that Christ is the great enabler of good. He makes possible great things in our lives. We want to be like he is. We want to enable really powerful good things in our grandkids. And we do it by developing great relationships and being their And I love this one too. What was that? What's the statement about enjoying um, opportunity? Is it don't use words? What's what's the statement? Something like yeah, demonstrate. Don't tell a demonstrate. There's a more elegant way to say that. Yes, coming. No one knows how much what you say until they know how much you care. Awesome. Perfect. Right on the mic. Okay, so now what we're going to do this session, we've done the review. Now we're going to talk about how Gwen and Linda got about discovering their needs. Now, these are some of these are kind of weird and different. But what you want to do is using the springboard, you could say, well, we could do this, but we change it. So how much do you know about your grandchildren's needs? Are you familiar with their struggles, strivings, and aspirations? Are you also aware of the needs of your married children and their spouses? That is huge. We can spend a whole evening on connecting with them. Okay, getting to know your grandchildren and their parents. How do you do this well? Do you know all of their needs? No! <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be kind of crying and intrusive and, you know, get out of my face. I, you don't need to know that. We talked about enabling behaviors, both positive and negative. I love this question. And this is a really good one to help you to decide what you do with your grandkids and your kids. What is the responsible thing to do? Notice it isn't, what is the irresponsible thing to do? That's a really tough question sometimes to answer. What is the responsible thing to do in this situation? 
Okay, here come the ideas. Okay, we call them wheelie lunches. And guess what that is? That is a cheeseburger salad. Okay. I happen to be the inventor of the cheeseburger salad. And they're really good. And our kids love them. And when we do wheelie lunches, we usually do them at our home. And it's usually our daughter-in-law and our daughters who come. And if others can come, that's fine. Now, uh, what are they? They're really informal. We don't bring them to berate them or give them counsel. When we're having lunch with our daughters and our daughter-in-law, what do we mostly do? Yeah, listen. What are they not? They're not in interrogation sessions, okay? They're not prying sessions. By the way, if you're doing really well and you have your lunch or your get-together, and people just greedy talk, and you let them go wherever it needs to go, you're there. You're doing what a weedy lunch is. We usually hold them in our home. If we're really feeling deep-pocketed, we might go to lunch somewhere. Again, at home or at a restaurant. What are we talking about? What they want to talk about. The other thing that we do is sometimes we'll use them too to kind of forecast what we're going to do in the summer or get their feedback about what would they like to do if we get together for a reunion or an event. Whoops. Now, here's what's so cool. But sometimes they can't talk. They've got only one one And when that happens, oh my goodness, one-on-ones are like invaluable. So someone will come and they can just like bear their soul. They can just let it go. Because they don't have anybody else there listening. They are they are powerful. So we try to do this consistently. Okay. We usually do it once a month. Okay, so this is a really simple thing here. This is says check-in calls. So check-in calls something like this. I'm scrambled. You're probably really busy right now, but I just want to see how you're doing. Thought about you today? What's going on? Just it's just a check-in. It's 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 really straightforward. Or text. So let's see if I have a few. Okay. Uh, well make sure your timing is not too late, not too early. Linda's mother used to call us at very early hour on Saturday. It was counterproductive to our having a meaningful conversation because we were half asleep. So you want to be sensitive to knowing when's a good time to call, okay, or contract. How was your first day at school? What are you going to do to ask your date to dance? You'll know that you're really in great shape if somebody calls you and says, hey, Grandpa, do you have any ideas about how I should ask this girl to dance? And I'd say something like this, no, but I have a great idea with a corsage. I'd say, what do you mean a corsage? I said, well, we used to, girls used to wear corsages, and I said, one time, I made, I had a florist make me a vegetable corsage. <laughs> and I gave it to the girl with a little container of salad dressing. <laughs> 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 Kids can 
they're familiar with stuff like this. And the counselor said, come on, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make her a special ed aide. And we're going to pair her with a little boy that she can kind of fall in love with, in a sense, and help him go through the school day. Oh, and it was made in heaven. I mean, everything was great. She loved this kid. And she, she started going to school. And one thing that's pretty interesting about it is the teacher's name, her last name was Fit. And she wasn't married, so her name was Miss Fit. <laughs> but the thing about her is she created a kind of fitness or place for our granddaughters to do well. So the reason I tell you the story, for two years, on Thursdays, I would pick her up every Thursday, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, we'd go to my home, and she was my cleaning girl. And she vacuumed and stuff like that, but she mostly talked. She mostly talked, and the relationship I have with her as an adult is like, because we spent so much time together. And it was just so therapeutic for her on Thursdays, and I was going to pick her up, drive to my house, she'd work for an hour, and then I'd take her home. So I spent, you know, maybe almost two hours with her. And most of the time, I mostly listened. And, oh, I learned so much. Same thing, stomach problem. This next one's severe, severe depression. We talked about that one. Uh, the loss of positive relationships where maybe a granddaughter, grandson was dating somebody and, you know, fell apart. Okay. Now, this is, this is some of you met Ben Rehonker. I mean, this is the boy that told us that pretty much, I don't know if he's in first grade or whatever, that there wasn't Santa Claus. It's just a huge problem. Well, we'll talk about this later, but I met with Ben all through the summer of his, the summer before his senior year. And then I met with him one morning a week, all the way through his senior year. And what we did is we did, at that time, it was duty to God. So I'd meet him in the morning like 5, 5, 30, 6 o'clock, and then we'd spend an hour doing a lot of reading. Uh, and I'll just give you an example of one. I wanted him to know about all the things he could do as a missionary, because he's going to be an elder. So we talked about priesthood keys, and we talked about the format, and all these, the person's full name. We identified the authority by what you do, you do it in the name of Christ, and then you do it to be done. Uh, and we'll talk about that more later, but one morning, uh, his mother came to me and said, Lynn, I uh, do you have some time this morning? I said, oh yeah, yeah. Huh? She said, well, let me get all the kids out, and then if you'll just wait for minutes, I'd like to talk to you. Now, deep down inside, I thought, oh, I don't know my son's talking that enough. <laughs> yeah, you kind of go in the worst case scenario, right? And I sat down with her, and she said, when? I, I want to talk to you, and it's not a super sensitive thing, but um, I'd really like to get your feedback about the kind of mom and mother I am. Oh, it blew me away. 
It blew me away. I had no idea that she was going to ask me that. And I said, you know, quite frankly, uh, I think you're a terrific mother. I mean, you do so many things so well. And you've adopted these five kids. I mean, let me just point out some things that I really like about you too. You know, you're good at setting boundaries. You're good at, you know, affirming their talents and who they are. You're a great listener. So what I'm trying to say is, if you work at this relationship business and you do it from the time you're very young, and from the beginning of your kids dating and marrying somebody, then you have a chance to have some really powerful experiences. I never imagined that you would ever ask me to critique of others. It was a very special one. I thought that was before. Oh, let me do that. Okay, let me transition to another point. At the end of one of these mornings, Ben said to me, he was a senior in high school, and then we did it through the summer, and then we did it during the school year. He said, Grandma, my parents are driving me crazy. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're treating me like a child. He said, I'm not into drugs, I'm not sleeping with girls, I'm doing well at school, but they want to control me. And I said, what do you want me to do? I said, well, uh, do you think you could talk to my mom and dad? And I said, sure, I can do that. So, he goes to school that day, and I called his mom. And I said, Chris, I had this really powerful conversation with your son. In fact, as he was telling me about his challenges, he was careful. He said, you know, I'm a really good kid. I'm not doing stupid stuff. And yet, I am being controlled like there's something I needed, you know. I needed this kind of these boundaries and not a lot of choices for me. And the next time I met him, he, he said this. Hey, what did you do? <laughs> he said, what did you do? I said, well, I just went with my gut. I felt like that what you said to me was in fact the truth, and I could advocate for you. And I said, Ben, now that I've advocated for you, move up. That's what I said about you. You know, you're doing well in school. You're just a good kid. Keep it that way. You know, don't betray the trust of your parents. Now, this is really straightforward. This, this isn't like rocket science. But this says be observant and alert. So if you have a dinner at your house, you know, once a month or whenever you do it, or you have kids come at Christmas, whatever the frequency is, you are really just kind of, okay, I'm going to watch. I'm going to look for what's happening. <coughs> Sometimes what you'll do is you'll just say, okay, I'm not going to eat dinner with you at all, so I'm not going to eat dinner by myself for some reason. Really life's eating. <laughs> I'm going to spend time with somebody else that maybe don't know as well, they don't see as often. And you let the conversation emerge. So you're looking for things that might tell you that, wow, Maybe we could be helpful. Maybe we could be more supportive of the parents. Maybe we could give the parents some respite care where they have a chance to be away from their family. 
or wait for someone who's trying to challenge you for them. And you want to be careful about questions, but you can say something like this. You know, I kind of noticed this. Is, is this something that concerns you or that we could be helpful? <coughs> So you're just in bed, or you're just finishing a meal, and you're pretty much okay, and you just say, this is what Lynn would say. And can, can we talk about this family? Can we talk about David? Then could we talk about Marcia? Could we talk about each of the kids? And essentially what we do is we don't talk about figure out how we can get them, you know, or disadvantaged. We want to find out where are we? How do we see what's happening? And then we might have that conversation say, okay, well, we'll pray about what we think we have to do, or we'll think about it, and then we'll come up with some things that we can do. Now, you can't be helpful if you have something to contribute. So sometimes you have to be careful about what you choose to do yourself in. Remember I talked about these advocacy groups and support groups for parents and grandparents? So if you have a brand new child with Down syndrome, or you have a child with cerebral palsy, or you have a child with learning disabilities, or you have a child who has a hearing disorder, whatever it is, what are the people who know the most about it suggesting that you do? You can inform yourself. You don't need to you know, shoot in the dark. So you need to give them some space. I love this one. This is one of my favorite questions. Now I can say to Linda, after we've gone through this family, we're several family, who needs us the most right now? And then we saw this during the first presentation, what's the responsible thing to do? <coughs> this is a really tough question to ask. Do we need more information? Do we need some professional help? Our kids need some time away. What would be the most useful support? Okay, putting yourself in a position to make a difference. This one's a given. This is what you know. You've seen this so many times. It's like we're all not coming four times. Relationships, relationships, relationships. You want to work on nurturing and sustaining positive, warm relationships. You want to discover needs. You want to inform yourself if you need to be informed. And you need to choose your actions wisely. <coughs> and again, to turn who need to be Okay, so here's our summary. So what I want you to do right now 
Just think about this for a second, and then I want you to turn to your learning partner and share some ideas. What are three valuable things I learned today? Go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What are three valuable things you learned? I like the last list that he gave us about learning about what, what they need and who needs it the most and do you need to know more information to okay. be able to help them. As, as a family historian, yeah. I love, oh wait, that was the last one, wasn't it? The birthday oh. letters. Well, that was still that was the last one. Yeah. I love that one. Did he do it in this one? I love yeah. that. Oh, he wrote a letter and made a copy of it and kept all of them. Uh -huh. So that he, so one one of his daughters asked for it. Yeah. So he'll look up all those uh -huh. letters. I love and that. And that's really nice. Yeah. I might um, or write it twice. If I had handwritten it, I might have typed. I might type it up for them. Yeah. What did you like? See, one, two, three, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, like, think what they what, what might need, or like, any tips they're withdrawn. Not the lunch. Not the lunch. You went, you guess you would or would not. <clears throat> oh, good, I know this. She said I will. I, give us an idea of what you shared with us. It was actually from your first class, and it was the birthday letters. And so we had grandchildren that only lived away. And so a lot of the things you covered so far are things that you did close by. When I come visit, I could take them to lunch. How about this couple right here? We were in the procession, and uh, we we determined that you brought, what you brought up in the second session about the pillow talk, that we could talk about each of the families and determine who needs what. And we just learned about, do we are we equipped? What do we need to do to get equipped? And then we need to be more involved with the parents. Awesome. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I really like, uh, I'm pretty involved with my grandkids, but I don't like their sports, even my own kids, I sports, but uh, I need to get more involved in their sports and in their um, talents and going to more of their events, and I've got 19 of them, so there's a lot of things I would have to go to, would like to play with this, but uh, I shouldn't do that. <coughs> Okay, so one of the ways to help decide which one to go to is to say you need to do both. And then you can decide, okay, well, I'm going to get to that game for sure. And I want to hire one of them to be my house cleaner. I'm pretty sure we uncovered this, but we have a piece on what do you do to help kids work and develop, you know, they want to work. And I, I can just tell you this, uh, from my experience, if you expect grandkids to learn a work ethic without you modeling it, kiss it goodbye, because it just doesn't happen. Uh, again, you spot the story. In my front yard, when I lived in Lehigh, 
We have these big granite boulders. And kids love to jump off of them. In front of those was a huge kind of flower garden. So I did, I said to Matt and Gay, Matt and Gay were the two boys that came as twins at nine months. And they would, when I needed hired hands, I called them. And I worked them hard. But one of the things I did is I tried to work them up to a point. There's a fancy term in education called zone of proximal development. Now let me see what that means, just simply speaking. I could have those twins work for 10 hours. That's not proximal development. They were, they, were perfect, they were probably good for 30 minutes, maybe 45. Okay? So what I would do is, when I'd have them come, I'd try to get more out of them, but not a lot of them. In other words, it's tight, but it was proximal development. Like it was maybe 35 minutes this time, it might be 40 minutes this time. And the difficulty of the task, you know, would get, you know, more difficult. And then, if they exceeded my expectations, man, I had lavished them with crisis. You know, normally, honestly, sometimes you're not that impressive. <laughs> but this time, man, you nailed it. You, you were really great. So let's go back to this plot. So I said to them, I said, and this is one of those things where you, you make work fun, but you also make it purposeful. So I said, okay, send this ground right here. Just tell me what will happen if when the winter comes and spring comes, I just let it do what it wants to do. So I said, well, ground, that's easy. It's just going to be weeds. Okay, that's right. So let's say you came and it was all weeds. Tell me what you could do. Well, Grandpa, one of the things we'd really like to do is you could buy one of those burners and all that. It's like a flamethrower. That's one alternative. I said, well, what's another? He said, well, another thing we could do is we could get into poison. <laughs> and we could make it so this herd would never produce a plant for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, well, I want to introduce another idea. There are two kind of designations. One's called annuals, and one's called perennials. Like, well, what's that? I said, well, annuals, they're less expensive. You know, they're kind of like petunias. And we get them in different colors, and you just plant them in the ground, and they take up space where what weeds would be, and they're just not as many spaces for weeds. Well, they said, that's a pretty good option. They said, but there's a better option, and it's more expensive. I said, what's that? I said, well, see these daisy plants right here? When I bought them, they were about this big. And now they have a cost like this. And I said, what's so cool about perennials is they get bigger, they're beautiful, okay? And over time, there's no place for weeds. Absolutely no place because I feel my garden with plants. Then I tried to take a big step. Remember we talked about, did we talk about the ice cream sandwiches? Yeah. Okay, so then I said to him, I said, so tell me how your wine could be like this flower shape. If you fill your life with perennials, what space is left? 
And they kind of said, well, if you do it right, probably a few, if any, weeks. And then I, later on, I said, so we're going to stop with this, but this is my last explanation. I'm going to draw this right now. And this is all the behavior that you could ever expect. And I'm going to draw a line right in the middle. That means 50% of behavior is good, 50% is bad. And I said, what happens when you move up the line of good behavior? Well, you have less time for negative behavior. You know, you're going to take up that space. So when we finished, I said, you know, this is my hope. I hope you're going to feel your life with pregnancy. I come back. You know, I stay there. Sustainable. You know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Moving on. Let's go to two. Okay, so again, with your partner, what are two things that you're seriously considering? We've already heard about birthday letters. We learned about hiring somebody to help you clean your house. <laughs> I didn't think that would ever come to the discussion for me, but okay, go. What are two ideas that you're seriously considering? <laughs> That's my sister's husband and their son. <laughs> and we're laughing because it looks photoshopped. <laughs> Sorry, we're blowing kind of off this day. What are two things I'm serious What are you So I, I like the birthday letters. I love the birthday letters. I want to do that. And then I come to town periodically because our son's a pilot. And my grandkids that are here, their son, their dad's going to pilot school. So when I come, I want to do the, I want to do something like lunch. They're little, they're only three and four. But if I can do something, right now what I'm doing is I always bring grandma cookies, like a special kind of cookie. Like I buy them. But they're like, oh yeah, the grandma cookie for me. They're also trying to body train them. Little thing that I say to him. This little guy who came as a kindergartner. Three, three, let's see, four weeks with no leaks. Asher gets a grandma treat. Because <laughs> he's like, Grandma, I leak today. What's that? Meaning, he loves to kiss girls. What is that? He's the famous kindergartner kisser. And when I called his family, he said, So we took this river trip and we all went. And I said, you know, my car is full of stuff because, you know, I'm going to bring the food. And I have room, you know, I have room for him. Davidson. And they went, seriously, you are going to take him? You're going to take him for four and a half hours? You know what you're asking for? I mean, it is going to be like, and we'll never do this again. And we had so much fun. You know, one of the things I did while we were driving, like I said, hey, do you know much about puberty? <laughs> <laughs> and his eyes kind of went, yeah, I do. And I said, well, how much do you know about becoming a man? Oh, yeah, I know about that too. <laughs> it was just one of those times, and we stopped, you know, midway, you know, what 10 Mile Canyon or 9 Mile Canyon is, where they have all that Indian rock art. We stopped, and, you know, we got him some food, and, he, he could order anything he wanted. And then we would, we would joke and we would sing and it was just a glorious time. He will never forget a normal eye. So one-on-one -on -one is huge. Okay, 
Okay, now this is a good one. This, this is where we can be actually What's something you'd really consider doing like almost a week? Go ahead, share. <coughs> What's one thing you'll do immediately? I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you. Since I still work, I was thinking about having my granddaughter take care of cutting on my nails. I'm going to spend the day with Well, I think that's a great idea. And if I'm ready here to get my nails done, they will still love to do it. Yeah, especially if they got their nails done. And then I did something fun with them. Yeah, because their dad bring them up and back. They don't look like me. But their dad can bring them up. My third grandson lives by us, but he was just born May 30th. So there's not really much to do right now. Yeah, that's the other compliment, actually. Already did it. I started texting tonight. I'm going to be with my kids. Okay. So let's wrap this up. I think I've got a nice conclusion here. And we'll show you some of these letters. So, I can't remember exactly, it's, it's in the program. We're going to do similar things tomorrow night. Thank you for coming. Our home, my, my deepest hope is I want to be home And I want you to come away feeling like, wow, that's a good idea. That's a thing that I can have. So let's have our person come up and ask to give a closing prayer. Father, we're so grateful for the opportunity we had to come together for this whole day and feast upon thy words and, and enjoy each other's company. We are so grateful for a loving Heavenly Father that was so willing to give his son that we may return home. And we pray that we may be able to teach our grandchildren how much they are loved and who they really are. And we pray for guidance and inspiration and the best ways to go about that. And we are grateful for the opportunity to come to Education Week and we pray that we may all go home safely and that we may remember the things which we have been taught. We are grateful to have been taught and we pray that we may be inspired in what classes we need to go to and what direction we need to turn. And we pray that will teach us with thy spirit. Help us lovely week that we have to feast upon thy words. And we say this humbly in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. <coughs>